I'm Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. And we are the Heroes 3. Welcome to Heroes 3, the bi-weekly podcast where three friends explore the best, worst, and everything in between in the world of Asian cinema. And this week we're looking at the movie Millionaire's Express, or sometimes Yay. Shanghai Express, from 1986, directed, of course, by Sammo Hung, continuing our Sammo Hung little arc. And not to be confused with Shanghai Express, the 1932 American pre-code film directed by Yosef von Sternberg. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. It, it was Very... That- <laughs> Very different movie, and it was actually to avoid I that that's confusion. The movie we were talking which is about. Why they? <laughs> oh man, we we didn't watch the same thing. Do you think that'll ever happen on an episode where um, <laughs> we're not wild. watching the same movie, and one of us only realizes like halfway through? Halfway through. I want that to happen, but I think we'd be failures if that ever happened, <laughs> <laughs> or just a different kind of hero. But yeah, apparently the. Uh, <laughs> There was a uh, cause for confusion over the over that over being compared to that that early film, which is why they went with the Millionaire's Express title uh, internationally. Although, yeah, when you think about it, I mean, there are plenty of Hong Kong films that share titles with other American movies or even other <laughs> Hong Kong movies. Um, so, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, interesting. But I, I actually I, I like both titles. I could I can kind of go either either way with it. Do you guys have a preferred yeah. title? I feel like. Millionaires Express, I feel like, makes more sense because it's all about it's a you know a bunch of rich people on a train that end up having to go to this little podunk town and spend their money at it. Like that's that's an important part of the film more so than it being a train that goes to and from Shanghai. Yeah, I, but Shanghai Express sounds cooler. Yeah, yeah Millionaires I think so Express, too. I feel like, fits the fits the theme better. And I also think maybe around the time when they were releasing that in America, like the late 90s like dvd i think shanghai you know like shanghai noon stuff and you can even see like on the packaging that they're kind of leaning towards that a little bit well it's cool the way they style the chinese characters for the title uh, are shaped like a like the front of a a locomotive it's yeah it's it's, it's really it's really neat and you do see that in the actual movie when the title pops up too Mm. pretty clever but yeah this is a this is a super fun movie and definitely look forward to Jumping into it, this, um, like we said, this continues our look into Sammo Hung, and this is a very Sammo Hungy film. <laughs> uh, it's very cartoonish in a lot of ways, but not quite, not quite full on like Stephen Chow kind of like live action cartoon, sure. but but definitely cartoony, a lot of over the top stuff, and it's it's a western, which is weird. Yeah, it's this cool like that. western eastern and this has to be Sammo Hung, you know, who's, who's known as Big Brother Big in Hong Kong. This has to be the height of his if not the height of his uh, you know, cinematic powers and definitely the peak of his clout uh within yeah. Golden Harvest. And we've talked be- before how um, he's kind of the golden boy of Golden Harvest. Uh, even though for most of us in the West, we think of Jackie Chan as maybe the big star and the big export. But for many years, Sammo is really the loyal, you know, hit maker for for the studio, and you know, the guy that can kind of do it all. And we teased on the last episode, I think that 
this was really one of the first Golden Harvest productions to um, to shoot in Canada, at least some of it in Canada. They're also shooting in Thailand, and it's yeah, kind of all over the place, and at home in Hong Kong. And it's, I, it's I'm so glad we're watching this at, this movie at this point in the podcast because Millionaires Express is not a movie I would recommend to someone that isn't really exposed to Hong Kong cinema because <laughs> I think part of the treat here is that there is just a gigantic cast. I actually can't oh, think of a yeah. Hong Kong movie with a bigger cast of stars. Yeah. And yeah, I think if you're not ridiculous. aware of who at least a good portion of these guys and gals are, I, I don't think you're probably getting kind of the the full impact of of the movie. But thankfully, we've encountered most of these faces uh once or twice or uh or multiple times <laughs> or in the case of Wuma every single episode, <laughs> almost every episode, um, yeah. And Carlos was talking before we were rolling here um, that it's imp- also important to know that this was a Chinese New Year movie. And uh, I guess we haven't really talked about what makes uh, what makes a Chinese New Year movie sort of unique at this mm-hmm. period of Hong Kong. Carlos, could you kind of kind of fill us in on some of the background for that kind of release? Sure. So my take on it, and I should say that uh, we covered Marshall Club the Laogar Long film, and that, I believe, was also a Chinese New Year's film. But um, regarding this film, uh, it came out late January 1986, and it's right around the time of Chinese New Year. So um, I was kind of seeing it as something like you would see like a 4th of July film in the States or Memorial Day weekend, these big, huge movies that they know everybody's going to be off and everybody's going to be uh, visiting family and stuff like that, and they're gonna all wanna maybe go out to the movie. So Sammo Hung became a big part of Chinese New Year's films for many years, and yeah, like you said, um, this kind of just has him pulling almost everyone he knows. There's an interview that's on the Dragon Dynasty DVD where he's talking a little bit about it, and he says that about seventy five percent of Hong Kong actors are in this film. <laughs> <laughs> if you think about that it's just i believe it yeah it's crazy and, and yeah I'm, and he's he's not I'm talking not just about yeah. extras i mean these are people that are like leading men and women in other yeah. films mm-hmm. and they're they're that's a big part of the chinese new year tradition is that you know the movies are chock full of cameos and it's this cavalcade of stars and in terms of tone and content it's almost like a variety show of a film. So even though we already think of Hong Kong movies as balancing maybe comedy and action and drama, uh, a Chinese New Year film is kind of taking that variety like to to the limit. And there also seemed to be a tradition where um, directors of the Chinese New Year film, um, they're able to kind of call in favors uh, just because everyone's aware of how big of an audience the movie is going to get. Um, And Golden Harvest in particular can kind (laughs) of call in favors for any of their contracted contracted players. So uh, any of the Sammo Hung, like large ensemble movies like Winners and Sinners or any of the Lucky Star films, uh, most of those are all Chinese New Year movies Mm -hmm. uh, as well. And yeah, I think that's that's important. I think another important piece to know going into it. Yeah, he said something like they did so much filming and there were so many people coming by that uh, the film just got pretty big and he had to make a lot of hard cuts for the final version of the film. Well, one of the... the they usually have multiple cuts of de- depending on right. markets, but um, 
he said the hong kong cut yeah he said that people would go to the theater to see themselves and they wouldn't see themselves and they'd call him being angry like hey you took me out of the movie and he's like i'm sorry it was too long i had to cut it (laughs) i thought that was yeah and this is a this is longer than most of the hong kong movies we watch like a lot of them tend to be a pretty hard and fast hour 30 minutes and this one is is pushing to a little yeah it's a little longer than that which is i mean obviously it's not too terribly long compared to most especially hollywood blockbuster movies but but yeah it's just it's just interesting yeah and And it's funny that you say that too because i I was mentioning before that uh seeing this film now i mean i had seen it years back and it was one of my favorites and i mean if you've been listening to the podcast you've heard me mention it probably a handful of times but um (laughs) seeing it this time and like really looking at it and combing over it for the podcast I was getting some Bollywood film vibes because oh, sure. <laughs> it's like I was saying, like it kind of pulls for all of these. It's comedy. There's a little bit of drama. There's action. Well, there's, actually, that's a good comparison you know, too because there is no a tri- musical numbers. No <laughs> musical numbers. Act, there's some singing in the in the jail. Uh, well, yeah, it's not quite a musical. <laughs> but yeah, there is a tradition in Bollywood of uh, the Diwali film, um, which is, it's mm-hmm. very similar kind of uh, idea, like that. There's. Um, you know, you're going to have kind of this guarantee of like a bigger audience and it's a little more of like an extravaganza kind yeah. of kind of approach. Um that's true. This movie has like we said, it is kind of a western, but it's also kind of like a heist movie, kind mm-hmm. of like a crime drama a little bit in some of the parts. Definitely a comedy, a kung fu martial arts, you know, action movie. A little bit of romance thrown mm-hmm. into, you know, it, it's a lot of things. And I'd also say that it has some spirit of silent film, too, because there's a oh, lot totally. of, yeah. I, I maybe Buster it was, yeah, something. they were putting it in this Western setting and having this set, and maybe they were just kind of in that mindset, but there's a lot of these kind of stunts or this kind of uh, sped up film that makes you really think <laughs> of, like, silent movies like Buster Keaton and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, I I feel like Jackie Chan's Project A gets mm-hmm. a, a lot of credit for being more of an overt homage to kind of the American silent period. But Project A and Millionaire's Express are would be a great double feature. Mm-hmm. They, they're going for very similar kind of things yeah. uh, aesthetically. And what's also interesting is Project A is one of the rare trio movies of our beloved trio of Jackie, Yunbyu, and Sammo. Mm-hmm. And I know that Bay Logan was uh, speculating on his commentary, and I've heard other people speculate that uh, doesn't it seem like Kenny B's character, uh, who you meet at the beginning, like doesn't it seem like that was probably intended for jackie apparently samo denies that that is the <laughs> case but i don't know it's funny when i was re-watching re-watching the movie um i, I even though you, you're not used to seeing jackie you know as this like sheriff with a rifle or whatever mm-hmm. um it's a little too easy to picture jackie in the part and it would definitely have a you know a huge huge impact and also it's it's kind of the elephant in the room that you have all of Hong Kong practically in this movie and Jackie nowhere but, to but be no seen. Jackie. Yeah. So right. it's hard to imagine that Samo never intended for, for Jackie to even pop up in the movie. And Kenny B's character shows up in the beginning and then kind of not really until the <laughs> finale. doesn't show up until like 20 minutes till the end. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, I could see that, you know, Samo wrote a part for him that could kind of work around his busy schedule or something like that. This is all yeah. just educated guesswork, but 
boy, wouldn't have that been cool to have like one more? You know, oh man, yeah. There's a couple of like close calls f- for me watching the film because I know that Kwan Ta King was supposed to be in the film. Yeah, you know, because there's. I don't know if it's actually gonna. He was gonna be Wong Fei Hung though because. The character that well, maybe maybe that would have been the joke is that he was Wong Fei Hung's dad or yeah, something. Right, right, right. But still, yeah, he saw the script and he saw that this character was gonna be uh, captured and had to be rescued, and he he said it didn't live up to his standards of what Wong Fei Hung would be. So I respect that, <laughs> but it would have yeah, been cool totally. to see him again. The other thing for me uh, is I love Cynthia Rothrock. And she's amazing in this film. And I love Yukari Oshima, and she's amazing in this film. But they don't fight each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it would have been amazing to get a fight scene between the two. And Well, I, yeah, I mean, I think if uh, I think a fair criticism for any actor that you, that you love in this film is that they're, under, they're underused. But mm-hmm. have you ever seen a movie with just this, this chock full of... Uh, of stars i mean i guess in the west it would maybe be something like that uh what was that uh, expendables Ro- <laughs> no yeah maybe <laughs> the expendables or what was the uh james franco seth rogan the world ends one? Oh, this is the oh. end i think this is the yeah end. yeah, yeah right like I, I, I never saw that. the movie but it seemed like that was like banking on a similar thing mm-hmm. like Look at everyone that's look that's at all these people that are in this in movie. Here. Yeah, um, and also it's a great appearance by uh, Huang Zhang Li, who yeah. we haven't seen for a while in the podcast. Yeah, and- we saw him literally in the first episode. I'm not sure <laughs> if we've seen him since then. Yeah, hopefully we get yeah. to see him a lot more. He's he does a lot of great work and he's amazing on camera. Yeah, and uh, so I mean, yeah, you really have all these like leading men and women um, mm-hmm. that are kind of sharing screen time. Like eighty percent of the cast of Yes, Madam is in this. <laughs> right. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and, and yeah, the most of the lucky stars are you know are mm-hmm. in here. Um, I actually think uh, Richard Ng like kind of steals <laughs> he totally so does. much of the show, like in a great in a great <laughs> oh, way. Yeah. Like yeah. I think you know he and Sammo and Yunbyu probably kind of hold the movie together maybe more than more than any of the other mm-hmm. actors. But. Yeah, there's the scene with him running on top of the train and he just like kind of does this. <laughs> I think he <laughs> was double but yeah, he just has yeah, this jump so over great. the little hop. Yeah. yeah, it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> and some really great train work, you know, pre Super Cop. Um, yeah. And, and I don't know, it's cool seeing this whole uh cavalcade of stars kind of out on location um yeah they had to find a vintage locomotive and they were able to find one in thailand so all all the exterior shots of the train are filmed in pattaya thailand and then the interior shots were like a closed set like golden harvest set yeah that makes sense though and the train station that they found that they use is in bangkok Oh wow! Yeah, that's really yeah. cool. That, that that's a real that's a real place. But then what's cool, and you see it in the end credits because they don't have like a Jackie Chan style blooper reel, but there's a little <laughs> bit of like a behind the scenes kind of yeah. thing, and you see that the the sort of shanty town was was built for you know for mm-hmm. the movie. Um, yeah, again, that's... just Samuel's power. Um, right. It was all built in Taipo, uh, an area of Hong Kong. And the other thing about that that's really crazy, there's an interview with Yoon Byu on the DVD as well, and he says that for the night scene, since that was a built set, there isn't electricity coming to it, right? So they had to get, like, 
he said they got all of the lighting from like the Hong Kong film industry to use it for the <laughs> night establishing shot. So he said whoever was working couldn't work because they had all of the lights for that evening shot. <laughs> Man, that's really crazy that's to think crazy. about. It's yeah. it's amazing. I mean, it's that's like a legendary story. I mean, I can't think of a director that had that kind of power in any country. I mean, that's kind of like an old mm. Hollywood. Yeah. Um, maybe Orson Welles. Although Orson Welles was always fighting the studios, he didn't yeah. get that kind of get that kind of sway. It's amazing. Yeah, lots lots to say about the film, and yeah. I mean, there's so, really cool stuff to say about the fights too, but. Um, mm-hmm. I think that kind of so, gives us a good buffer for the movie, so I'm ready well, when you one, guys are. I was wondering if it yeah. would be useful for us to do just kind of a a rundown of like all the actors we see, because I feel like otherwise it's it's going to be tough not to just want to like point out every single <laughs> character right. that. Oh well, my yeah, up. the notes that I took were really sur- focused on that. So mm-hmm. yeah, if you wanted to, I could just yeah. run through that right now. <laughs> so like. There's a huge group of bandits at the beginning of the film. And among the bandits are all uh, just like, yeah, it's one of those things. And like you said, Marty, it's... Hits keep coming. Yeah, it's It's, it's good. a murderous row yeah. Hong Kong talent. It's good yeah. that we're doing this this far into our podcast because we've kind of been studying out for this, mm-hmm. whether we knew it or not. So Chung Fat, Dick Wei, like from Yes, Madam, that you said. Lao Gar Wing is in the group. Fan Mei Sheng, who was our beggar soul. And, yeah. um, and magnificent butcher, and magnificent yeah. butcher, Cynthia Rothrock, Richard Norton. Those guys are amongst the the den of uh, bandits. Yeah, it's really crazy. And one of my favorite parts in the credits is whenever it's just this long line of Chinese, <laughs> Chinese names, and then, and then just Richard, Richard Norton. Norton. <laughs> yeah. yeah, actually, yeah. We, and I like that. I like that. Not even Cynthia Rothrock. Even she has has a, a Chinese. Yeah, version yeah Richard Norton name, has but... that distinction in a few movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We actually haven't. I'm sorry, continue. Right, we haven't seen him on the podcast yet, and that dude's really mm-hmm. cool too. He's from Australia, and um, there's some uh, some of the other bandits that we see a little later on. They look more like mobsters, and uh, in this group, you've got Corey Yuan, uh, you've got James Tian. Let's see. Oh man, uh, Lao Gar Long's in. Uh, no, Lao Gar Long. Lao Kar Wing is in there as well. Hmm. Don't you have Yun Wah in that? Yun Wah shows up. He's like in the group of the like the crooked cops. So that oh, the crooked wait, cops wait. that show up a little later in the town Hanshui, Eric Tsang is the leader of the group. And then Yun Wa, Wu Ma, uh Meng Hoi from Yes Madam's in there. Yep. And yeah, Lam Ching Ying as well. Three. Yep. And Peter Chan shows up in that group as well. So yeah, um totally. then we've got a uh, Yun Biao as the fire chief who he ends up being like the police captain the police chief yeah. yeah oh uh, but peter chan is one of his crew and then kali is in there who we've seen a bunch of times and xiao hosu we've seen him in our laogar long block and he's really yeah. come up in that group with uh under laogar long and um he's also amazing in anything uh, that he's in he provides like a really cool uh yun does this crazy jump off of a building early in the film oh my goodness and yeah. <laughs> yeah we'll talk about that but then later in the film xiao ho and i can't see if he's doubled or not but it looks like it's him yeah, you don't get a good look at it but yeah it's he does another like, thing which, super high fall yep. yeah and lao gar wing also he gets knocked out of a window from like two stories up and yeah, yeah. these these falls are just amazing like and 
Yun Buza especially, he just kind of has to do the stunt, but then he has to get right back up and say some lines. And uh, I know whenever I saw him do the that scene's so amazing because he just jumps off it and just gets up and starts acting, and yeah. like there's no cut because jump, jumps like that always have a cut to huh, you know yeah. get the yes. Yeah, Samuel was maybe there. almost too modest with that shot because it's kind of unnerving. Yeah, um, it is. <laughs> You're Do you know totally what I mean? Because right. it's like Yunbyu is just, it's almost like, wait a second. So I, I thought I was watching human beings. What's going on? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, it's, I think sometimes people poke fun at like how Jackie treats the the clock tower uh, yeah. moment in Project A because he, used, he uses multiple takes and it kind of replays. But it's also kind <laughs> of a piece of like cinematic history. It's like amazing. But uh, I think this is kind of a good example of how that shot would sort of feel if you don't really lean in and kind of emphasize what just yeah. happened. Oh. It is. Anyways. It's nuts. And and something like that, the way that it's shot, that's what was giving me these kind of silent film vibes because in the silent films, like they were just showing you, you know, it was there wasn't like this director's eye that's like, we're going to cut to this and this and that. We're just going to show you this Buster Keaton like standing in a building falls on him and he's okay. Yeah, you know? totally. It's it's very similar to that. So um, all right. And then a little later we get the the train scene and we get a, oh, the a lot more. Oh, the Japanese crew. Yeah. So yeah. Um, included with them is Richard Ng. He plays this character named Han, who looks like Sherlock Holmes, but yeah, he has the deerstalker much. cap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he has such a distinctive face. With yeah, he's great. Mustache yeah. and everything. Yeah. Yep. So then you see the mobsters there, and then among the mobsters you see Johnny Wang Longway, who was in Marshall Club. He was the the final boss of Marshall Club. Yeah. And uh, then we have this great Wang Fei Hung scene that I'd like to talk about. But we've got Jimmy yeah. Wang Yu as Master Wong, who I'm assuming is Wong Keying, and Sekin as Master. Yeah, they don't Se- really. So- yeah, it's kind of funny how they do it. It almost seems like you're meeting Wong Fei Hung, but then it's like, here's my son, Wong Fei Hung. So, yeah. yeah, it's got to be Wong Kei Ying. Is yeah, Bob. the thing that's really cool to me is that, yeah, Sekin was, I mean, if Quan Ta King, you know, was Wong Fei Hung, Sekin was like always the villain in these films. So that's the missed yeah. opportunity where you would see them playing against each other as yeah, a cameo. Totally. And um, that's too bad, but it's still really cool and I love it. And um, you see Billy Lau, who we saw recently in Mr. Vampire. He plays the train captain. He's got this lisp and he's like really comedic. So um, yeah. then you see the Japanese crew and that's Yasuaki Kurata, who we've seen in Fist of Legend. Fist of Legend. Yukari yeah. Oshima, who we haven't seen yet, but I love her very much. She's great. And, and this is like her in, Hong Kong debut, really. Yeah. Yeah. Right. When I was looking up her stuff. She was actually in some like Tokusatsu stuff before uh, she started doing this. Like, yeah. She heard the, the top of her list is Space Sheriff Gavon, which uh, shout <laughs> right. out to Mike because he, yeah. he called that one out specifically. Right. And she was involved. I don't. Yeah. So she was on Gavon. I don't know if she was in the Japan Action Club with Sunny Chiba, but I know that she was in a similar stunt school with Yasuaki Karata. So yeah. her and him being in this film. Uh, and apparently the only thing she could say uh, in Cantonese was, was like, okay, or let's do it or something <laughs> like that. Um, so she would just, I think, no, yeah, no problem. So she would just respond to everything with like, that's uh, great. No, no problem. problem. And yeah, she's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we got Huang Zhang Li here. So he's, Korean of descent, but I think he was born in Japan. He was, he was born in Japan, but yeah. he is Korean. That's that's what the that's what the internet research said. 
Yeah, yeah. So the next year in 87, there's a film that I really like called Midnight Angels, or it's just Angel, or it's got like four different names. But Yukari Yoshima <laughs> is in that, and Huang Zhang Li is in that as well. That movie's really cool, and I'd like us to cover that at some point. But Oh, we totally So should. yeah, this is a year before that. Then when uh, Chang, Samuel's character, arrives into town, he's got this kind of cadre of ladies, and Rosamund Kwan is like kind of like the head lady that uh, is in that. So I think those are like the big names. Uh, We might see some kind of goofy cameos throughout the film, but those are like the big names that I noticed while we were watching. (laughs) Do it. Heroic effort. That was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Well, with all that, I think this is a good time to jump into the movie itself. But first, let's take a look at the back of the VHS. Things are about to heat up in Han Shui. After a town is left penniless by the exact people that were put in place to protect them, the townsfolk place their hope in a new hero. The bandit Ching arrives in town with dreams of prosperity and has a plan to stop the fabled millionaires express in its tracks to draw wealth to the town. But this train's cargo is valuable to more than one party, and the town of Han Shui becomes a battleground the likes of which has never been seen before. Saddle up for this explosive international adventure from director Sammo Hung as he gathers the best action stars from all around the world. Sammo stars along UNBU and too many to name in this far eastern take on the old west, Millionaire's Express. This movie starts like I the first I know this is bad <laughs> that the first thing I thought of whenever I saw this was Goldeneye. <laughs> But oh, the no, first I thing I thought that. of when I saw this was Goldeneye because it starts off in like this snowy place <laughs> and there's a bunch of Russians and they're wearing like the exact like Soviet outfits that they have in, in Goldeneye, which was weird to me because I saw it and I was like, oh, this is supposed to be like modern day, meaning 1986 Hong Kong or, or China or Russia, that area. <laughs> and then and then it turns into like the 40s i'm like oh okay so it's in the 40s and then it turns into like the 1890s like oh it's (laughs) when is this when is this movie you know i think sammo does such a good job of wrangling this giant cast of like keeping all these threads somewhat somewhat coherent and handling all the action but he doesn't really it does he hasn't devoted very much energy in locking down the period (laughs) um and i mean yeah you you can't blame him because it's you know that kind of thing requires probably additional level of uh, like attention to detail and costuming and production design that they just you know couldn't couldn't afford. I mean, like we've said, Golden Harvest was already throwing every possible resource you know at this movie, but it is yeah, it is kind of one of those fun kind of quirky things about Millionaires Express is that mm. you kind of feel like you're shifting through yeah uh, different <laughs> points in time. Yeah. I feel like if you were paying attention to those details and it bothered you, uh, you'd you'd be pretty upset through this movie. But yeah, yeah it's probably this not... better to like self-select and leave the theater. <laughs> yes, yeah, this, this probably isn't the movie for you that really bothers you. So yeah. I do think that the costumes in this film are really well done, though. Oh, maybe yeah. they're not consistent. Yeah, totally. But yeah, they look really cool. I especially like Samuel's characters. Uh, outfits throughout the film. He's got these yeah. little round glasses, and I've mentioned Cheng Sinzan from Fatal Fury, and in that game, he has those same glasses, like Samuel Hung's character in this film. Yeah, and I mean, we we've talked about it before. Samo never disappoints when it comes to having a really unique, like making a unique fashion statement, like just for 
just for that particular movie. And mm-hmm. yeah, the combination of those glasses and then this haircut, which <laughs> I don't know what period the haircut would be like most at home. Actually, 2018, it wouldn't. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, it kind of looks badly. like, he kind of looks like, like a kind of got a millennial haircut with like the sides shaved and everything. Um, yeah. yeah. So it's he ends awesome. up, he's yeah. You, you don't really get where he is, but you kind of get the idea that he's in Russia and he's looking around and he sees all these wounded soldiers and he starts scavenging. And yes, so he's like kind of grave robbing a little bit. Yeah. He's like kind of like a bandit. And uh, then what happens is everybody wakes up cause it was, they were in war games and he gets uh, caught. So the next scene is them in a cabin and they're all kind of toying with him and he's doing this goofy dance and he's in his undies. And yeah, they're forcing him to do this. Yeah. With like a mop on his head. And right. Stuff. So it's so funny because it's really goofy. But then all of a sudden you see him grab these grenades off of the soldier <laughs> and he yeah. just leaps out of the building like, I don't know. It's like, similar to that dive behind him. from uh, like yeah. Super Cop when they're like yeah. jumping out of that. Yeah. Right. So then he building. throws them in and the place blows up. So you're like, wow, he just killed all those dudes. Yeah. Yeah. This movie <laughs> literally starts off with a bang. Yeah. I just think <laughs> well, it's, it's such so, a it's funny so cr- like tone shift like right yeah. away. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, and it's such a, a like a tone like establish, yeah. establisher or whatever. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We've, we've talked about how Samo has like this historically unprecedented power on this movie. And to think of that director as the leading man opening the film, like just kind of shaming himself in this goofy <laughs> way. It's, I don't know. It's, a, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, it's great. Yeah. So he, yeah. he escapes, but it's not for long because there's a, a cowboy outside and he kind of takes him captive. But this is crazy too, because it's in the middle. He, this is the scene. What we were saying is in Canada and he's yeah like barely clothed the whole time. And, um, He's captive and he has to trick his way out of, uh, you know, like to escape. And, and this is the character that some speculate was maybe intended for Jackie Chan. Yeah, yeah this is uh, Kenny B's character. And he's, he seems like an interesting guy, too, because he also actually kind of like Jackie. He also had a pretty prominent music career in yeah. Hong Kong. Oh, I didn't and, know. Cool. Yep. Yeah, I and think he was in a band that was pretty, uh, mm-hmm. pretty big deal. And he's, yeah, he's playing this very cowboy character, and it's like snowing really hard out. It's this is a really cool scene where he's, uh, he has Samo tied up, and he's like, uh, Samo's, you know, freezing because he's still in his just his underwear, but he's like handcuffed, and Kenny B's kind of toying with him, like. He he he's making some coffee and he gives Samo the cup of coffee, but the coffee's already frozen by the time he gets it. Yeah, Ugh. yeah. So he ends it's up trying like- to do this fake out. So he like fakes like he's unconscious, and uh, Kenny falls for it, and then they have a tussle, and they end up rolling down the hill, and it turns into this <laughs> Looney Tunes <laughs> snowball situation. It's great, man. Yeah, that's uh, really funny. And there's some great rotoscoping, too, on the on the snowball. Like, there's this weird little, like, wisps going yeah. around. Yeah. yeah and there were some interesting weird. kind of, like, optical rotoscopy effects on the Russian uh, military shack earlier, too. During yeah, when it's burning. Yeah, it almost looks like there's this digital fire or something. But yeah, they roll down this hill, and he, he pops out of this perfect like this perfect hole in the side of it and yeah uh and he's able to kind of get the drop on on kenny to to take his his coat and yeah and make a make a clean getaway well, and that's a great shot because you're you're tilted up looking 
underneath Kenny and you see uh, Samuel weeping out of this tree down onto him. It's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and then that's whenever we kind of get a weird hard cut over to our, our uh, mountain bandits. That's how they're credited pretty much everywhere is, okay. is mountain bandits, which which I like because that the mountain bandits helps clarify versus the other bandits who <laughs> try to rob the tree off on the train. Um, but I love this because it's this amazing scene of the of them like riding over this hill all on on horseback, and you can spot Cynthia Rothrock from a mile away. <laughs> yeah, she has like this denim this denim jacket and this amazing red bandana over her eighties as hell hair. Yeah, so they spent like two months they said in Thailand learning how to ride. And uh, Cynthia was saying how she was really scared because the first horse she got was really big and it wasn't really behaving. So uh, they ended up giving her a smaller horse. And in the middle of the scene, um, she said Samo told her like, hey, don't don't fall because you'll get trampled and you'll die. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's one of these things. Where it's like, I don't know if that's encouragement or not, but <laughs> but yeah, it's funny it's either way. And she said that when she was riding, because she had a smaller horse, she said some of the bigger horses were kind of bullying the smaller horse. So she was oh. pretty scared during that scene. And it looks like mayhem. You just see all these people on horses riding mm-hmm. around. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And we should call out the yeah, cinematographer on this movie. It's Arthur Wong, and we've actually seen his work a few times. He was uh, director of photography on 36 Chamber of Shaolin. Oh, wow, great. I'm in China. Oh, Wheels very on cool. Meals. Uh, yeah, Wheels on Meals, and then some other classics like Iron Monkey. And he's done a couple of things in the West, that movie uh, Ultraviolet. Oh, um, wow. Oh, that see, that that's action. it's funny. The only thing I've heard from that movie is one, it's not very good, but it looks really good. So, mm. yeah, I, I've, I've heard that, too. And it's so. interesting. Um, Apparently, he had like a little bit of a martial arts background. I feel like we're starting to kind of like fill in some of the gaps here. And <laughs> I guess he, he said that that awareness of the martial arts um, kind of helped him with like where he would want to place the camera and where he would want to move the camera. And, you know, I mean, we could kind of call him out in any, in any of his movies, but uh, got to say millionaires express just, it looks great. It's, mm-hmm. um, you know, not only are they shooting in these kind of remote locations or at least remote for golden harvest production and they have all these stars, but yeah, Arthur Wong just, yeah, made it all look like a million bucks. So, Oh, very he's, cool. He's, he's awesome. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So the next scene we get is a short scene where the villains are basically explaining what's going to be happening through the movie. So they've got this like model train set that they made up, which is great to see. And they're saying that there's this Millionaire's Express that travels um, along this railroad and they want to get at some Japanese members that are going to be on the train that are transporting a relic. And uh, that's the basic motivation for these bandits because whatever they do with this relic they'll be able to turn it in for money and stuff like that but you have to imagine even for the hong kong audiences like watching this like during you know chinese new year they're just excited to see all these stars on screen you know and it's like oh there's Kuro Yun, you know mm-hmm. and it's like <laughs> yeah um, for sure it's and i feel like yeah that that is the way to to watch the movie like i think we were saying before we were rolling that you know it's probably best not to get super hung up on some of the beats in the plot if you are getting it all confused watching this um because mm-hmm. it really is they're just meant to be kind of opportunities for fun 
hijinks or action or whatever. Right. And I mean, if you're thinking about a movie like counting the amount of fights in the film, honestly, there aren't that many fights in this movie, but there's a lot of different interesting action segments of the film. So you're not yeah, getting a yeah, lot sure. as much uh, fight choreography as maybe some other films or I mean, we, you know, we just saw the prodigal son and you can't help but compare that to this film and like the fighting in that movie is amazing and the fighting in this movie is amazing too, but uh, pound for pound, you're going to get more punches in the other film. And we also get introduced to the town in this little bit because they're saying this train's going to go by this little town, but you know, almost no one lives there. So don't need to worry about it. And of course, that's <laughs> where everything takes place. Uh, next, we get this kind of weird scene with uh, with Samo and the and the woman. This uh, what's the woman's name? Uh, I'm not exactly sure. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm sure yeah. they say it at least once in the movie, but I don't remember. But- and apparently, this um, I think even it looks like this was cut from a. This is maybe the end of like a longer sequence, and I think even it this sequence here like was cut from the you know Malaysian and Singapore mm-hmm. prints, and that was that was kind of the general practice, like sort of a good rule of thumb for understanding the different cuts of the Hong Kong movies around this time. The international cut that would eventually you know make its way to America and the UK and elsewhere, that usually was emphasizing action. And so longer kind of more story specific scenes will get kind of trimmed out. And I think we called out some of those things in other movies like Wheels on Meals and stuff. And then um, in the Malaysian and Singapore markets, um, usually certain cuts were made kind of for propriety or to try to kind of stay in keeping with like the moral uh, expectations of those markets Uh, and sometimes even alternate uh, scenes would be shot. So uh, that's the kind of thing we've talked about before where it's like at, you know, at the end of the movie where it might feel abrupt, but um, you know, the villains have to get arrested or even the heroes have to get arrested if they've done something wrong. Oh, that kind of yeah. Thing. Like uh yes, so, madam or like police yeah, story too. Yeah, t- yeah exactly. Yeah. So, um, but a lot of this movie, um, you know, the female leads, most of them are, they're kind of insinuated to be sort of like ladies of the evening or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think those, those cuts for the more conservative markets end up probably trimming a lot of what might kind of motivate those characters. <laughs> but, um, but <laughs> that's, that's kind of what you get. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but this, this then leads into like the, the, the next, like the, the main, honestly kind of the main first real like scene of the movie that isn't like kind of set up or, or prologue. Which is we get to see the town and we see these kind of like crooked police officers saying they're going to like start a fire that and then use that as a distraction to rob the bank. And and of course, that's where we get to see uh, Lam Ching Ying again. Yeah. And <laughs> one that's of my favorite. Yuen Wa, yeah. One of my favorite little subtle things here is the who, who plays the, the police chief before Eric um, Singh. Eric Sang, that's the one. Yeah. Um, Eric Sang is kind of explaining his his story and he's like smoking the cigarette and Lam Shingin has like he lit a match, but he hasn't had a chance to oh. light his cigarette. And he yeah. like it, it, the match burns down and like burns his fingers. And <laughs> he like shakes his hand, but it doesn't like have any bearing on the scene at all. Yeah. It's like it almost looks like it just happened, and they just kept. In <laughs> and that feels movie. like a, such a Samo thing. Like he doesn't he doesn't just let sort of simple moments pass by. Mm-hmm. There's always some kind of interesting detail and yeah yeah really cool so they're looking to start a fire so they want to start a fire to distract the townsfolk so then they can heist 
the bank and um they very casually stroll up they start this fire and we get a cameo that i completely forgot about but it was great to see and it's bolo young so bolo young's yeah. working like in this cotton like house and he sees the fire start and he's telling the owner like hey there's a fire and she's like Oh, you know what? It doesn't matter because it's across the street. And, and she was a famous uh, Hong Kong actress from like the previous generation. Oh. I can't remember her name at this point. But uh, yeah, Teresa Ha Ping is what's credited. Oh, there you go. Here, so. Yeah. Oh. So it's like, yeah, cameos uh, left and right. And then she kind of runs through the town in this super undercranked, like <laughs> yeah. silent movie kind of way. And it's actually a great um, reveal of the town. Um, oh, yeah. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. really cool, really cool kind of shot. And then we get um, an awesome hero moment for Yoon Byu, but yeah, not not probably the character we were expecting him to play when you see him on the poster. Um, he's like riding into town on this old fashioned like fire hydrant kind of thing. And he yeah, is, no, it's an amazing and, intro because it's literally like you see him hopping, literally hopping into action. Um, yeah. you just and see his, his fist his forward, legs. leaning like yeah. the statuesque pose. It's mm-hmm. great. And it really does like, it tells you everything about who he is as a character in like two seconds. And I always love that. One of my favorite uh, bits in the, the, the dub, I should say it's, it's not bad. It really, it has, it's, it has some, like yeah. eh, bits but it has some really good voices for for a lot of the characters i think yeah um, eric sang's voice is like great in the dub mm-hmm. he's like this really sleazy kind of weasel like type voice <laughs> yeah. and it works really well yeah. but what about all the town's firemen huh they're still in bed aren't they and uh, and and richard Ng, when we get yes. to him later that character has a perfect voice with like the lisp and everything oh it's wonderful uh, Yep, I think anytime uh, Richard Ng has been dubbed, I've always liked it because the yeah. it, I the Wheels on Meals dub is great. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I think it's testament to like Matthew was saying his distinguishing figure. He looks like kind of like this yeah. goofy character, so yeah. uh, it it inspires these goofy voices, and uh-huh. yeah, that always works. <laughs> but yeah. one of my favorite lines from the dub here is. You can kind of see how, you know, underfunded this uh, fire department is because uh, you says the ladder here. Where? Uh, I left it at home, boss. Well, go and get it. Sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. In the subtitle version, Kali says something like I was using it to catch sparrows yesterday. <laughs> Which is like, what? <laughs> mm-hmm. That's great. Uh, yeah, that's really They good. do this kind of crazy, like, kung fu firefighting technique where they, like, basically slingshot of this lady off of the roof of the building. Yeah, and, and she's, the she's like a, and she's blind as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, it's a, it's a really cool, like, it's silly, but it's a really cool uh, shot here. Yeah, and the ladder swings down and just, like, nearly avoids, like, slamming mm-hmm. into the ground. It's it's really cool. And it's right after that that we have the kind of incredible shot we were talking about earlier mm-hmm. where Yunbyu doesn't just jump from the roof of this building. He does this incredible, like, side flip mm-hmm. and lands on, you know, what would have been a padded area underneath. But it's still... It's, it's almost hard to watch. It's, like, yeah. it's, it's amazing. Like... Uh, it's so casual has this like perfect landing gets up runs to the blind woman and he has like he has a few lines (laughs) and it's all in one shot it's amazing it is crazy yeah so the fire is going and crooked cops are all getting ready to go and there's a funny little moment where Eric Singh's putting up a like a handkerchief over his mouth 
and Lam Ching Ying's like, hey, what are you doing? He's like, I don't want anybody to see my face. And he's like, you don't think they'll just notice you because of your goofy body? <laughs> <laughs> so then it cuts to the next scene and Eric Sang is on stilts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Inconspicuous. Yeah. Uh, so they hold up the bank and it's going okay. But then one of the tellers kind of escapes and yells out to the crowd and the crowd turns around. So then it turns into this escape situation. Yeah, and on horseback, no less. Yeah, yeah, a lot of horse riding in this film. And it's funny, too, because not all of them make it out on uh, horseback, and a Wu Ma and I think Meng Hoi are, like, on the run. So they kind of have to do this, like, NFL, yeah. like, running through <laughs> yeah, the defensive totally. line. like, <laughs> And they almost make it out, but then the fire squad catches them, and they see that, oh, it's the cops that were behind this the whole time. So they are basically successful outside of capturing uh getting the two guys captured and now the this is like this kind of western thing where it's like our bank is empty now like so the town is like ruined yeah the the, the mayor is very very discouraging <laughs> yeah he's he gets like incredibly he's, bleak <laughs> yeah he gets something he's like hey guess what that was all of our money and all of our hope so <laughs> get, try to find somewhere better yeah. Yeah. And I should say Yun Bu's hair looks so cool in this scene. Oh, so cool. <laughs> he man. looks really cool here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, Yun Bu sort of fills the the power vacuum left by the yeah. kind of negative mayor um and the town, yeah, the town sort of looks to him to kind of keep keep the peace and to sort of bolster their their spirit yeah so there's a moment when he's saying like we need a man to like lead us and uh, he's like who do you he asked the mayor who do you think after giving this rousing speech to the town and everybody in the town points at him it's really funny and there's kind of a call back to that later in the film as well Mm -hmm. then the scene cuts over to this really really cool shot of the train in the station with like there's like this band playing it's a lot of pomp and circumstance for this Mm -hmm. for for what seems like kind of a normal you know well and this is where we see uh richard in his like a deer stalker sherlock holmesy outfit and Mm -hmm. he looks amazing yeah he looks really cool awesome and since you mentioned that celebration maybe that's kind of this kind of subtle in line with uh chinese new year you know because people are kind of celebrating so it's addressing it without addressing it in the movie i see that yeah totally yeah i could totally see that um, that introduces that uh, Richard Ng seems to be kind of going back and forth between his wife and some uh, just uh, kind of just seems like a lady at first. But she's like buying f- buying fruit from her. But then that never really comes up the rest of the. Yeah, movie. it's a little it's a little confusing. But... His wife, the, the chemistry with he and his wife are. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. That's oh, yeah. One, of, one of my favorite parts of the movie. Yeah, really good. Really good. Uh, forget it now. Uh, here's your ticket. Mm. See you on the train. Mm-hmm. Yes, dear. No oranges. Never mind that. I don't want to miss the train. Of course, of course. And then we get to see the scene that I've mentioned before. So it's like... You have, yeah. <laughs> um, Master Wong and his son, little Wong Fei Hong, and then Master Sek ah, and his son. So, so it's like really cool. There's this very proper introduction between the two, but you can also see that the kids are kind of ready to fight each other. And mm-hmm. the two masters leave and they're very formal and then the kids start to have a fight. And it's great oh, because right when that this happens... maybe my favorite choreography in the movie. I mean, I love <laughs> yeah. everything that happens. But it looks it looks incredible. They're doing mm-hmm. such 
yeah it's great like yeah and you he's even cool doing like the yeah. yeah and he's doing like the whole horse dance thing as <laughs> as as you know this like eight-year-old kid doing long fei yeah, stuff it's like tiger with, versus crane it's just all so and the cool. theme stuff like kind of cranks up too whenever they're fighting <laughs> yeah. yeah it's really good i love it and the kid even does like the the come here kind of motion with his hand yeah <laughs> really totally. stylish oh, it's good stuff <laughs> Yeah, um, so we get a bunch of fun little cameos here, and that's always fun yeah. to see. You know, uh, and this is this is a kid. Oh, we t- uh, we were saying earlier that uh, Samuel offered the part to Quan Ta King, who declined it. But I think it's it's awesome seeing uh, Jimmy Wang Yu, uh, yeah, here for and, sure. Like a little backstory uh, with him is like he had been one of the more beloved actors at Shaw Brothers, and when Raymond Chow left Shaw to start Golden Harvest, Jimmy left too, but. That led to this lawsuit and basically saying that he had broken his Shaw Brothers contract. And so he couldn't really act in Hong Kong like because of that lawsuit. I kind of think that it lasted his whole career. So he was mostly working uh, like in Taiwan. Um, and I think since this movie was so much of it was shot uh, outside of Hong Kong there, you know, Samo was able to kind of bring him in and use him. But I, yeah, I think he plays a great, uh, I guess if we'll say it's, um, you know, Wong Ying, but it's, yeah, I think he, he brings a cool gravitas to it. Mm. And whenever we get introduced to the, the three Japanese people, it kind of turns into like a samurai movie for a second. Cause they like, <laughs> he whips out his sword really fast and puts it back and yeah. there's a fly cut in half on the ground. <laughs> Again, it's a little, a little bit of something for everyone. And one of the other things I love with the, uh, I just like everything about the interior of this train. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's like a, a movie that takes place on a train. You kind of can't go wrong. But we were talking about kind of anachronistic like time period stuff. There's like a super 70s style like like pattern like on the seats in this train. <laughs> um, and it's, I don't know. It's just, I, I actually think it all adds to what makes the movie like really fun and, and charming. Like, yeah. I I kind of like that you sort of feel how the movie is being made because yeah. it's no small feat, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's funny. I didn't notice that about the seats. You're totally right, though. Like that almost <laughs> makes it feel. That almost feels like a throwaway joke from like Airplane or something. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like oh, this right. is the car that has the samurai guys in it, and then you never see them. The rest of the movie. <laughs> yeah, Dude, totally. That's so good. I love that. <laughs> uh, yeah, but the train. The train starts uh, rolling down the track. Yeah, we get to see that now uh, Yoon Byu is, uh, is the police chief, and he's kind of just giving orders, trying to get the town kind of back in back on track. There's this great, like, the the prisoners are wearing, like, the most stereotypical yeah. like, silent movie with, like, the white <laughs> stripes, and they're trying to file yeah. the bars and everything. And this is where we see um, uh, Wu Ma. Uh, I think we yeah. saw him earlier, but we see him again here. So this scene, we get to see Samo coming into town. He has he has this great little uh, motorcycle with a sidecar on it, and then yeah. uh, this car with a bunch of women in it uh, pulling up behind. And again, both of these things look like they're from a scene that isn't in the movie because because oh, yeah. like Samo and the car both and the motorcycle all have dust all over them and well like we should say splotches. there's a car so we're not in the 1890s it's oh like, yeah that's right oh um, you're right <laughs> i didn't even think uh, about that so yeah but anyways, that's like, it's that's but like, yeah it has a real like 20s right yeah it has like a f- very like 40s like uh fast talking like golden age hollywood 
kind of vibe and <laughs> I, I love the details on on both of the vehicles like they're covered in all this mud and uh Samo in particular he has like these goggles but like the rest of his face is all covered in mud from the journey yeah um, and yeah this is apparent he's apparently like a hometown boy here it seems like he's got history here and um the mayor seems to recognize him and then yun Bu shows up and he says oh is this cheng uh fanting i think that his name is oh cheng fanting and um the mayor's like no 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 that's not him and he's like oh no that's me i am and he's like are you the same (laughs) cheng fanting that blew up the dike (laughs) (laughs) and he's like yeah, that's that. I did that so the town could have more water. And he's like, "Did it work?" He's like, "No." <laughs> so he's like, kind of like this banned subject. So it sounds like after he did that, he got kicked out. But also, when Yun Bu's character like kind of wants to challenge him, one of his other police officers, Xiao Ho, is like, "I've heard this dude's pretty good at kung fu. Like, you don't want to like get your butt whooped and lose face in front of the town." So they kind of don't really engage him. And uh, it looks like he's going to buy this, uh, looks like a dusty uh, hotel. And that's yeah. what he ends up doing. And yeah, it's really cool because it's like, I, I just love how they introduce this set because um, so much is going to take place in this hotel, mm-hmm. namely the final fight. Um, that's, that's and... I was kind of thinking it's kind of <laughs> like in actually a similar kind of location. Yes, madam, where one of the first <laughs> yeah, thing I saw totally. it was, oh, a big old fight's going to happen in this building <laughs> yeah but it's cool it, like it really looks in disrepair at this oh, yeah. point in the movie and yeah just uh, again just a testament to the yeah the high quality of this uh of this production mm-hmm. um and i love how through all of this now that sam has his like traveling cap off like <laughs> the lower half of his face again is just like <laughs> covered in this like mud and dirt mm-hmm. and he's just kind of like sitting there like uh taking all the scolding it's yeah yeah, it's funny. The The following scene kind of has uh, Cheng arriving, it seems like, his childhood home. And there's a little bit of a flashback. And there's this funny kind of underlying thing about him kind of being like a pyromaniac. Because you've got <laughs> him blowing up the, the dike. And then this yeah. flashback of him as a kid shows him playing with fire. And mm-hmm. I like in your notes, Matthew, you commented <laughs> on the, the, the dove. The dove. <laughs> Because the, the oh. little kid, when he smiles, there's like this really creepy laugh. You naughty boy, you're going to cause an accident. Yeah, that's uh. really good. And then uh. later on, Samuel's character blows up the yeah, train tracks. Blows up the train tracks, yeah. yeah. And he's kind of opposed to the fire chief. It's like <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, oh, nice. That is interesting. <laughs> uh, so oh, we get to see that uh, woman from before kind of shows back up and, and i wrote down i love how in the same movies we've seen so far there tend to be women that want him but he never wants anything to do with them which oh, is just totally which is that's such a, a big that's such a funny thing because i feel like oh some directors will do like the oh man everyone loves this guy and think he's the most handsome in the world but he's kind of like oh everyone thinks he's the most handsome in the world but he's just can't doesn't have the time for it. Though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jackie does yeah, the similar it's, thing it's too. You'll see mm-hmm. that in a lot of Jackie's movies, and actually, Yumbu in this film kind of has that same thing, where there's this yeah. whole thing of kind of like him and Rosamund Kwan, and it's funny. The uh, interview with Yumbu, he says like one of the only really 
big things he remembers of the movie is his kiss with her. Yeah. <laughs> I and thought that was really it's funny. It's kind of a yeah, it's a pretty big deal. It's a it's a long kiss for mm-hmm. for a Hong Kong movie mm-hmm. at this time, I would say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it's almost in this kind of like old fashioned, like sweep off your feet, like Clark yeah. Gable kind of a move. <laughs> Actually just rewatching Rosamund Kwan's outfit, she definitely has this like Amelia Earhart kind of Oh sure. Yeah. Um, I can see that. Get up. Um, whereas like Sam was wearing this leather jacket that yeah, it's just much more of like a eighties thing, but it's <laughs> yeah, it's it's awesome. It's just a big old mashup of of time periods here. <laughs> yeah. Um but they they fix up this hotel. I mean it's if it's like within two minutes of the movie, but I'm I'm guessing it's supposed to be like weeks or something. But the next the next kind of major scene we we cut back to the mountain bandits. Um, yeah. And yeah. uh this is where They're we get Cynthia blowing off some steam. Yeah. Yeah, we get to see <laughs> Cynthia in action for the first time here. Uh which is always great. But of course, we kind of get serious action, but then the fight almost immediately gets broken up by by Richard Norton, who comes in with his mm-hmm. with his his handsome beard and hat and everything. So there's yeah. this kind of even though they're all bandits, they're not really working together that well because uh, Cynthia and Richard are like foreigners, and then the Chinamen are like kind of antagonizing them, and um, it's kind of weird. They kind of look like Confederate soldiers <laughs> yeah well i was thinking i was thinking oh, cynthia yeah, looks man. like she like is wearing like a union soldier outfit but without the jacket that's yeah it's it's weird that's another thing that if you wanted to pick those details apart will like yeah. really mess your brain up but um yeah. then uh dick way and chung fat show up and mm-hmm. dick way to me he looks like he's like straight out of double dragon <laughs> He totally does. Oh, dude, totally. <laughs> like with the with that big red scarf and everything. Yeah, and and the, like like some pretty effective makeup yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they all look really just... cool. So oh, they yeah. kind of yeah. I mean, squash the conflict. Such a cool motley motley group. I also got to say, like, I I do love that tiny little fight with uh, Fan Mei Sheng and Cynthia, and they they have a really cool chemistry together. God, yeah, I mean, yeah, I just wish there was some kind of behind the scenes footage of this kind of thing. And you hear her speaking in like yeah. uh, her American English accent, Richard Norton in this Australian English and <laughs> Cantonese here. Mandarin. I don't know. That'd be great. This, ha- this had to be crazy fun. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. So now we cut back to the train. And this, I think, might be my favorite scene in the film. <laughs> so, so we've got little Wong Fei Hung and uh, and his crew. And they're all in the same train car. And actually, um, there's this funny gag where the lights will go out. And there's this kind of tension between the two. And when the lights go out, you'll hear like a punch. And then it'll cut back and you'll see like (laughs) Master Wong has a black eye. (laughs) Yeah. So then they repeat that after uh, a couple more times. And you'll see them get beat up over and over and tensions rising. And then the train captain shows up. And Master Wong says, hey, how many tunnels are left on this ride? He's like, oh, that's it. He's like, oh, good. I won't have to change my clothes then. Like, it was just going to get worse and worse and worse. Oh, man. I really love this scene. Yeah, that feels very like Zucker Brothers kind of. Yeah, Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, I Uh, see that. And you can kind of tell that the background's like added in after since they're filming it on a set. But that's fine. Yeah, with the, the green screen. Yeah. Yep, and yeah, right after that, I'd say there's another scene that I really like, where it's 
like the non mountain bandits <laughs> yeah, are, yeah. Um, they're kind of putting together their plan to uh hijack the train and, th- and yeah this is like maybe the most kind of silent movie feeling yeah for sure um, so eric saying and his crew um they're like doing a mock uh like boarding the train while it's uh moving the dude kind of trips and then they get in an argument and then Eric Singh's chasing him and it's like this undercranked goofy uh running segment. Yeah. <laughs> but right after that is what I was thinking of where it's like they're kind of polishing off these magnets because he wants to like put a bunch of magnets on them to stick to the train. <laughs> right. <laughs> but what ends up happening is Eric Sang and Lam Ching Ying both have these magnets on and then they get close to each other and then they're like force like together and there's this really funny struggle of them trying to fight it fight against it and then they end up together it looks like they're doing like a shimmy dance it's really funny i love that yeah (laughs) and it's the kind of thing that's like every you know it's it's just like the most universal like comedic bit you know Mm -hmm. yeah any anybody seeing that that's wanting to have a good time will enjoy it we go back to the town now and this is another great uh, bit where, like, when the the cops are kind of trying to keep an eye on on Samo's character Ching, and I love the shot where like the cop is like slowly sneaking up on Samo, and Samo kind of turns around, and like everyone around him's just gone completely still until he looks <laughs> yeah. around, and then they just kind of move and go about their day. It's really well choreographed yeah. a little bit. Yeah, yeah that's, that's really good. good. It ends up on the rooftop, and that's really funny because <laughs> He's like, Are you like, following me? What? <laughs> yeah, he's trying to play it off, and that's when we get that really amazing uh, casual jump from yeah. from the rooftop. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's amazing. And then this leads into just like a delightful part of the movie, which is like this hero moment for Yun Byu riding a horse after Sammo in this motorbike with the sidecar. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's one of those, yeah, honestly, it's like one of my favorite moments in film, like with Sammo and Yun Byu together. It's just, yeah, like once you've seen it, you, you kind of won't ever forget mm-hmm. it. Yeah, it's super good. They do some uh, really cool stunt where. Yun Bu's on the horse and he gets whipped with a tree branch mm-hmm. and then it classic. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's definitely classic. <laughs> yeah. And then so and then Samo takes the horse mm-hmm. and so we've got yeah. this kind of vehicle switching. Yeah, it's it's funny. We were talking about all of this and you're saying that this kind of remind you of Bollywood stuff. I feel like Inderon talking about Inderon was a similar thing where I felt like there was so much that happened in the movie, but as we're going through it, I remember everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. it's a very memorable. Like all the beats are very memorable. That's a really good point. Yeah, that's a weird phenomenon. Like <laughs> I, I, I haven't felt that with many movies, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's definitely. Yeah, it's definitely kind of part of uh, part of watching Millionaire's mm-hmm. Express. And speaking of memorable moments, I would say <laughs> that this next one's super memorable oh, yeah. because oh, um, yeah. you got. Uh, something that thinking about it, you don't really see that often on camera is Samo versus Yoon Byu. And uh, yeah, so Samo's character Chang is setting up dynamite on the railroad tracks. And Yoon Byu's character uh, Sao sees that and he thinks he wants to kill the passengers on the train. But actually, he's kind of got this righteous motivation that he wants to. It's like, this is righteous dynamite here. Come on. <laughs> Yeah, so he wants yeah. to uh, damage the railway so that all the people on the train are forced to visit the town, so that will bring profits to the town. Mm-hmm. It's not a bad idea. Yeah. It's yeah, honestly, it's not a bad idea. But <laughs> also, that is, that is chaotic good. Is what that is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. yeah. So yeah. Uh, Captain Sal 
is he's the police so he's not gonna let that happen mm-hmm. and he starts right. to challenge Samuel, and Samuel's like yeah whatever but then what happens is yun Bu's character jumps at Samuel, and he does this counter back kick straight oh, to yun Bu's chest and it's just crazy and actually behind the scenes that kick actually yeah, he, like knocked yun Bu out like he got like it actually like knocked yeah. his lungs like inward like yeah they had to do some almost like a Heimlich maneuver on him, right? Yeah, like, it was really bad. But it was one of those things that Yumbu says, you know, it's just something that happens when we're <laughs> you know, doing this stuff. And it's like, wow, these guys are crazy. And these oh, yeah. are these are brothers. You know, I mean, and it's like, yeah, uh, that's the thing in this, you know, and I would say any kind of Hong Kong action production, but particularly a Sammo movie, it's like he's expecting people to really make contact. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. Um and, and no less than five benches back. get smashed in this scene. Oh my god! Oh, yeah. getting kicked into benches. But yeah, like you said, their their chemistry together is amazing. And mm-hmm. yeah, like there's like there's a bit where they just do like four jump kicks in a row, just yeah. one after the other after the other. Oh man, this is really is an amazing fight to see. Yeah. and it's kind of a shame yeah, that we don't fun- have too many more. Like I, I don't, are there other are there any other Samo? Well, it's U it's interesting. I mean, you could take of... you could take all the fight scenes between Samo, Yunbyu, Jackie, and any combination of those three guys, and you could probably squeeze them all under three minutes. I want to yeah. say, um, <laughs> right? I know. In, great, in, there's that great sequence in Dragons yeah. Forever where all three of them are fighting. That's each what other. I was thinking. And then I think um, much much later, one of the Ipman side like films. I think it's called The Legend Begins. Oh, I haven't seen that. Oh, The Legend is Born. That's what I think it's called. So there's a scene where Yoon Byu and Samuel fight each other blindfolded, and that's pretty cool. Oh, but, very cool. Yeah, outside of that, those are really the only the only two big times that they fight each other. So it's really, really a pleasure to see this on film here. Yeah, totally. After all of that, Samuel is able to kind of get the, the upper hand and is able to incapacitate you and you and yeah <laughs> and then back to a little more silliness on the train i love i love this gag yeah um, it's really good where the the like the gangster guys are saying they need to um like they need to go up to the front of the train so they send one of the guys to run on top of the roof uh meanwhile richard ng is is trying to like meet up with his lady, so he's just walking yeah. in the opposite direction on the top of the roof. Yeah. And he's just like, "Hey, hey, how you doing?" Hi there. Yeah, that's really good. Man. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Lao Gar Wing is the other guy, and he's really hemming it up walking across the mm. train. And Richard Ng, I believe he gets doubled here, but it still yeah. looks really cool too. Actually, I wonder though that's because a super giveable moment. Yeah, oh, that yeah. him doing that like little trot. hop. Yeah. Oh man, it's cool. really good. Uh, and so we get to see our our uh, our non mountain bandits trying to hop on the train. The magnet plan kind of works. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, some more crazy kind of like like you said, silent movie kind of undercranking here with like them running alongside the train. And you can like, tell some of the shots they're not using horses. You know, they're like shot from the yeah. chest up and they're mimicking yeah. like they're on a horse mm-hmm. but it's yeah, still it still Ching works and eric yeah, yeah. yep and uh, launching is trying to get onto the train and what he does is toss a lasso but richard ng is on top of the train and it catches him so that's <laughs> that's really funny i like that a lot yeah <laughs> 
it's cool this tiny like little pairing of Lam Ching Ying and Eric Tsang it might just be because my head's going to this like black and white silent movie place but I totally feel like Eric Tsang could be like a Costello <laughs> and, and you could have like an Abbott and Costello yeah nice oh yeah totally proxy yeah. there and while these guys are trying to get onto the side of it uh Yun Wah and his other uh the other remnants of the bandits they like hook shot the a uh, trailer onto the back of the train so they're like yeah. kind of sitting there and you've also got the situation of Samo ready to blow the the tracks up and then you've got Wu Ma and uh Meng Hoi who've escaped and they're trying to use the train tracks to bust their chain apart. There's a funny little <laughs> yeah. gag with that. But um, Samo ends up uh, blowing up the track and the train has to stop. And then it's like <laughs> this funny shot of all the other guys that were trying to get on it getting tossed all over the place. It's really good. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> and then you can see there's a really dramatic shot. Uh, if I remember that, that's here, I think. Yeah, where the uh, all the tables in the car are sliding forward and everybody's oh, getting yeah. all smashed up. Yeah, that's yep. a really cool shot where all yeah. wherever the wherever he sets off the dynamite and they have to slam on the brakes. Yeah. <laughs> um well and it's cool. It's like um you know Samo and his editor I think do a really good job of like going back and forth between that exterior, you know, real train and then the interior which we mm-hmm. said was, you know, shot in Golden Harvest and yeah, it all really works and oh yeah i wanted to call out the uh the editor too uh peter chung yao chung and uh if you if you look at his credits he's pretty much the editor of like every great golden harvest movie <laughs> including what we just watched prodigal son um but even going back to way of the dragon oh all the police story films Dang. wheels on meals <laughs> dreadnought oh, uh magnificent butcher broken oath uh so, yeah it's he definitely he and Samo had a shorthand, but really whoever he was working with, just yeah, a great sense of of rhythm and yeah. I think in that in the train sequence particularly, yeah, I I think it's just it's yeah such a successful sequence, and especially considering it's like shot in uh, such far removed locations. Right. Um, it's also really cool when um, the passengers get out of the train. It's mostly the same cast that was there in the Golden Harvest studio shoot, and. It's, I don't know. Just yeah, yeah. It's uh, really yeah, really yeah, cool. cool to see yeah. all of those people all in one spot. And Samuel's character Chang is there to greet everyone. Like, <laughs> hey, <laughs> yeah. he's like, since you guys are stuck, why don't you come to my yeah. town? And everybody's like, and, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, and I was gonna say this is another amazing dub line. We're like, hey, should we follow him? Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah it's super good and so like, they hey, all the like, rest of the movie's gotta happen so we should probably do this yeah they're all like kind of chasing him along and then you see that yumbu notices that he's there so then he's like i'm gonna go get this guy so then it's like this huge chase uh, and it cuts away to the town uh but that's yeah that's really cool um i also wanted to say that yumbu mentioned in his interview that the track that they were using to film on it was like this curved track that terminated at a point so whenever they had to reshoot stuff they'd have to pull the train all the way back <laughs> to to dra- yeah. to ride the train forward again so that's really interesting to think mm-hmm. about and something to think about you know in this high pressure hong kong cinema thing 
with mm-hmm. Samuel, who's so driven. Like you can imagine if things were going wrong and we have to reset the whole train, yeah. how frustrating that could be for the crew. <laughs> well, and I'm sure, cause I mean, it's just chock full of interesting bits and we're juggling so many different characters in the train sequence. There had to have been uh, spontaneous ideas that were coming to Samuel, like as they were shooting it too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just kind of putting all that to <laughs> together it's, man it's, <laughs> yep. it's amazing so uh, we're jumping ahead a little and what we see is now all these people are staying at the hotel each person has their own room and this leads to another goofy segment where the mobsters are trying to spy on the japanese and the japanese are in a, a room seven and they need to get to room five so all the mobsters go into this room but there's also these like two other situations happening where <laughs> uh han Richard Ng is trying to meet with his lady and he's crawling yeah. across the, well, he's not his wife, right, but his, his mistress. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's running across the rooftop and you get a repeat of him bumping <laughs> into Lao Gar Wing because Lao Gar Wing's trying to spy on the Japanese. And um, you've also got another situation where Billy Lau's character, the train captain, is trying to get with this woman in that same room. So everybody's in this room, yeah. and everybody's trying to hide from someone else. Yeah, it's <laughs> this massive like hide and go seek, mm-hmm. and yeah. it's really amazing, like seeing everyone like scurry away mm-hmm. um, in this like single take. And the way this blows up is hilarious too, because Richard Ng ends up in the room, and there's this confusion, and he realizes that it's a different woman, and then there's like some loud screaming, and then. Richard Ng Han's wife or whoever she is, she sees the yeah. situation. So she's putting yeah, the, him on the, the spot. Lydia Shum character. And yeah, so she's all upset and, and, and <laughs> people are yelling at her. Yeah. So Han is on the spot and he comes up with this goofy story that he's a spy and that his mistress is also a spy and they're all here to uh, keep an eye on the Japanese. So he says... He's calling them out by numbers, like agent number one, agent number two, and this like that. <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden, all the other mobsters <laughs> pop out. With, They're like, this is my cue. <laughs> yep, without Han knowing, and he's surprised, but he's just rolling with it. So we're all we're all just like rolling with all of these lies over lies. It's really, really funny. And the, the way that it's orchestrated is, is really good. Um, yeah, and th- and that's where we have that great take from Richard, where he's yeah, like, he's just looking at all, dumbfoundedly looking at everyone. Yeah, I I immediately asked for a gif of that, and we've got yeah, that ready. That's, to that's a gift for all seasons. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. it, it's a perfect reaction gif. <laughs> yeah, so that's really good. I was thinking of one of the Lucky Stars films. I think it's Twinkle Twinkle Lucky Stars. That there's kind of this similar situation where it's like this bedroom shenanigans where all of the guys are trying to get Uh, with this girl and then one by one they're pretending that they're breaking into the room just so they can like get close to the woman and then over and over they're all switching spots so another robber comes in and then another robber comes in and it (laughs) has the same vibe of this uh, gag right here. I really liked it and it's a lot of the same actors as well. So not long after that, we get to see an actual federal agent coming in because uh, <laughs> Kenny B's character shows back up and he's it's funny. He's wearing almost the same outfit he was wearing earlier, yeah. like the fur and the hat. And he turns out he's with like Interpol and he's trying to hunt down Samo. Again, he sets up this little plan with uh, Yu to kind of like bait out uh, Chang. That results in another great uh, little uh, chase scene 
Uh, yeah, it's, it's, a it's, a really, really, it's a really short scene, but it's mm-hmm. really amazing where Sambo's in the casino mm-hmm. and like has to dive out of a window and everything. Yeah, and they uh, like he gets the hat shot off of his head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what I was thinking yeah. of. That's really cool to see. And then he gets tossed in jail. So now yeah. you see the rest of those bandits. They're all in their prison <laughs> outfits now. Yung Wah and Eric Sang and, and Lam Ching Yin. Yeah. So they look really cool. <laughs> but then that kind of sets us up for the for the grand finale. And I think I wrote in my notes that it feels like everything in the movie is just building up to this final 20 minutes. Um, yeah. yeah, it's kind of crazy. A lot of, you know, we've seen a lot of these films and something like wheels on meals you know where it's like all these random things are coming together and they're kind of orchestrated so they're ending up meeting and then finally you're like wow it's gonna explode and that's that's where we're at right now it's really cool so there's this one amazing shot of all the the mountain bandits coming over a hill kind of in silhouette yeah uh and yeah it's at dusk it's yeah yeah, it's gorgeous yeah and that all kind of leads to the to this final confrontation uh, yeah, that's that's where you see that shot that I was mentioning earlier of the town from a distance lit up at night, mm-hmm. and the shots maybe like I don't know five second shot, <laughs> and they used every light in Hong Kong cinema to to Good light shot. up the town. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's also a, a a great shot of the um, like you were saying uh, how they had to recruit every bit of like electric electric light. Mm-hmm. Um, to kind of capture this shot and then they use that I can't remember what's called I think it's like a diopter filter or something basically where you can have you can have two different um focal distances uh oh. in focus oh um, oh you're so saying so like, like on, the... on the left side of the frame it's like the that's in yeah I'm not I'm not describing it well enough and and I I'm out of my element here in terms <laughs> of photography but but there's a really cool uh yeah there's a really cool shot on um What's the, yeah? What's the basically the actress that's closer to Samo's character? Um, yeah, she's on the right side of the frame, kind of looking on this like illuminated town. And uh, yeah, whenever you see that, if, like, I think it's called the diopter effect. Mm. Whenever you see that, it's like yeah, really striking. Sounds cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you scrub back and find it, you, you'll see it. And it's like um, those shots—they they almost look like a little bit like unnatural. Okay. Um, hmm. But yeah, it's really really cool. Nice. So this next little bit is essentially all of the the ladies kind of scheming to to bust uh, Samo out of out of jail. There's one really great uh, shot where whenever like uh, whenever the kind of the jig is up and they're all like getting ready to fight, where the the ladies all are on like these silly poses for like they're about to attack and like they have their hands all like clawed up. It's, yeah, yeah, I took a still of that. It's a, really it's a pretty funny. it's a pretty pretty good uh, still shot going. <laughs> well, it's it. cool because they're kind of they sort of fight like by any means necessary, mm-hmm. you know. So <laughs> it's like yeah, it's not like a hungar stance yeah. or something. Oh it's sure, really yeah, because cool. they're just you know they're 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 from the streets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they yeah, don't have martial arts training, but yeah, now they're putting together this plan. All the bandits are showing up, and so you got this shot of the three Japanese in their hotel room at night and then you've got all these bandits that bust in and they're all ready with their swords it looks uh super cool and Yukari Yukari Yoshima it looks awesome I love her so much (laughs) and uh Huang Zhang Li also they all look really cool and they all get to do some really like great samurai moves Huang Zhang Li's you know everybody talks about his kicks 
but man, he can really sell some samurai poses too. Oh, dude, totally. Yeah. And yeah, they actually fire on Yukaryoshima and she just blocks it with her sword. Yeah, it's amazing. that's an interesting yeah effect too. I wonder if they had like some kind of explosive on the sword that they ignited or something. I don't know how yeah, they did Yeah, there's some kind of spark. Yeah. yeah. So now the bandits have taken over the town. And this is like after like Samuel's character was kind of like leaving, but now he's like kind of debating. Yeah, he kind of has his hour of despair. Yeah. And now reflection. he comes back and he sees that the town's been overrun. So yeah, now we're building up and he wants to break everyone out. And uh, the women get break. He breaks out the women and he breaks out the the bandits, too. And you get a really cool fight here with uh, Samuel using like the police batons against yeah. the, the bandits and every. And he uses them a little bit later, too. And then really great. Sequence. Yeah. Every one of these hits looks super hard. <laughs> and I and yeah. I always think of like how people would say that Samuel hits pretty hard <laughs> on set. So <laughs> I can just imagine the being the stuntman for this sequence. Like, wait, what? He's got he's got what? He's using these weapons. When he really plays <laughs> plays to the camera, almost every strike is like like getting towards the camera lens. Oh, yeah. Like it's really yeah, really kind of exaggerating the length mm-hmm. of the the clubs oh it's really really cool <laughs> yep and now this and yeah, is like, like we're saying you can really feel like that you're in the final reel mm-hmm. of of the movie and yeah it's it's pretty darn exciting yeah this is where you get what i was saying that they call back to where he says like who's gonna lead everyone and everybody points at Samo <laughs> yeah. yeah. now yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and even the interpol agents like hey man like uh, you know, if we, you know, I know <laughs> I'm supposed to, be yeah, I'm supposed yeah. to catch you, but we got to do this. So I'll help yeah. you out. And then, uh, yeah, yeah, I know what you're gonna say. Oh, you can go right ahead and say Lordy. it. <laughs> so this next scene, the um, inspired Terminator Two. Yeah, kinda. Yeah. Um, yeah. This next scene, the some of the prisoners kind of make this big distraction for the for the mountain bandits, and they kind of bait them the the bandits over to the entrance of town where uh, Kenny V and Samo Hung roll around with a freaking Gatling gun. (laughs) And have y'all ever seen the outlaw Josie Wales? I have not. It's a Clint Eastwood movie from the, I think the seventies, but there's, there's a great scene in there where he hops on a, like a civil war era Gatling gun with like the crank and everything. (laughs) It, It may remind me of that. But, but in that in the outlaw Josie Wales, does the gun overheat by any chance? Probably. <laughs> the big thing that stands out is that it's very obvious that there's not like blood in that movie, which is just kind of weird. Like it just kind of stands yeah. out. Well, and that and that's how Samo depicts it here. Um, yeah, like, he keeps things kind of like yeah, it keeps it light. family it's not it's family not like gross friendly. Or but yeah, the 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 gun does overheat, and <laughs> Samo's Samo's solution because there's no liquid at hand i mean yeah you see where this is going. yeah <laughs> yeah see where this he is provides going. his own liquid to yeah. <laughs> cool off the, yeah. <laughs> the minigun <laughs> i was thinking yeah civil war minigun i think of uh the last samurai have you seen that film and hiroyuki oh, sonata sure. is in that film so um yeah. they use similar stuff like that and at one point in that movie again that weird mixture of eras that we see in this movie 
Yeah, uh, I think the the motorcycle with the sidecar with a minigun attached looks super awesome and should yeah. be in a video game because <laughs> or it should be some kind of like collectible figure. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. I would love that. No, you're right. That's uh, that seems like a like a special thing you would get in like a like a beat 'em up game. Is, is yeah. you, get, you get the guy in the sidecar to to hop in and clears the screen. Yeah. Yep. Or like uh, Metal Slug. Have you guys ever played any? Yes, Metal Slug it's games? totally sure. a Metal yeah. Slug yeah. thing. Yeah. That should. <laughs> be in oh, metal perfect. slug <laughs> and uh yeah so now the main there'd be a lot really of blood if it was in metal slug <laughs> oh yeah it'd be really well animated too mm-hmm. um we've got all the different factions starting to uh set up their final battles so you've got yeah um, we're right on the verge of the final fight mm-hmm. yeah we've got meng hoi and uh Xiaoho. They're going to fight uh, our dude from Marshall Club. You've got Cynthia Rothrock beating up a lot of goons, and mm-hmm. she's eventually going to uh, end up fighting, fighting Samo, Samo. Which is, yeah. I did not see that coming. Yep. And you yeah, get a really great uh, fight sequence gosh. between Dick Way and Yoon This fight oh scene is gosh, amazing so because both yeah. of these dudes are crazy athletic and are doing like mm-hmm. flips and hopping off of stuff yeah. and amazing kicks. Uh, I love whenever Yumbu is like rolling up like the handrails for the stairs. Yeah, and then, that's and then great. And then flip flips back. back to the other yeah <sighs> yes. staircase. Oh my god! You guys, I was thinking, you know, if there was like an alternate reality where the the suit actor for Spider Man in the Spider Man films mm-hmm. should have been Yumbu. Like, oh, oh yeah. my god! I could totally can, see that. Can you imagine how awesome that would have been? I can oh, totally man. see that. Actually, I think in the Sam Raimi movies there is a Hong Kong actor. Oh, in, really? Um, I need to know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm trying to remember the choreo- the fight choreographer's name, but he's a Hong Kong dude. Well, uh, Corey Yoon did the character. like X Men, right? Like, didn't he do the first? Yeah, X-Men yeah. He film? did. He did the first X Men. Yep. Yeah. And he's done a lot of work in Hollywood since. Um, so uh, you've also got the Japanese that are kind of running around and they end up getting matched up with Richard Norton and some of his crew. And uh, you get to see Yukari Yoshima do some amazing like acrobatics. She's like flipping all over the place and her, her form looks super cool and she's super yeah, fast. Just great. Yeah. And um, let's see, who else do we got? Our matchups. Let me look at my notes. <laughs> um, okay. Well, we can talk about uh, Richard Norton versus uh, Yasuaki Kurata. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, that's a yeah, great scene. This is really cool. Oh, but you know what? I sidetracked us because Yumbu does this amazing stunt on <laughs> a balcony that I forgot about. So like that, that can him be the and name Dick- of this podcast. <laughs> Yumbu does an amazing yeah. stunt. Yeah, well he gets Oh my gosh, I would have no issue pivoting <laughs> towards a Yunbu centered podcast. Yeah. I'm um, sorry, continue. <laughs> so like yeah, Dick Wei and Yumbu fighting, and um, they're fighting near a balcony, and he like dodges like a roundhouse kick, and he's right standing on the ledge of a uh, of the balcony, and he, he does like this yeah. corkscrew. Yeah, and his leg sort of bends in this. Oh man, it's <laughs> it's really cool. Yeah, so yeah, there's that. Um, Richard Norton versus Yasuaki Kurata is really cool too, and you get to do you get to see this thing where um. Uh, Richard Norton kind of has this catchphrase that you hear in a lot of the films that he's in. Painful, yeah, it's painful, right? right yeah. Exactly. He's painful. Yeah, he'll get a moment after he lands a really strong attack on his opponent, and he'll pause and say, "Painful." 
It's so cool. And it's cool to, <laughs> like, once you see a lot of the films to see him, you're like, oh, is he going to say it? Oh, he said it. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, Yasuaki Kurata is really good in this film, but he's getting his ass kicked most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> he gets hit with, like, a couple of really strong counter uh, kicks from Richard Norton. And, uh, yeah, he's on the ropes most of his fight. Yeah. And then there's a really kind of funny fight. It almost depicted like a supervillain in this movie, but um, the dude that we met from uh, Marshall Club, um, yeah, he's he's fighting in one of the the bedrooms upstairs, and it's almost like he can't be stopped. And um, <laughs> so they they basically uh, just throw the mattress on him and just start like trying to like smother him with the mattress <laughs> yeah it's really and good. he punches through the mattress <laughs> with both with both fists yeah. um, so you can just see these like protruding arms from the mattress right and, and the entire like, rest of the fight with him against them is just his arm sticking out of the mattress mm-hmm. it's really yeah. really funny mm-hmm. they like fall off a, a balcony or something too like and they just pound him to yeah. death and he's he ends up being like frozen in defeat like with his arms sticking mm-hmm. straight up yeah. yeah totally and then we have the the showstopper which not only is it samuel versus cynthia but something cynthia's character does brings out the bruce lee of samuel's character <laughs> and so it's really it's cynthia versus a bruce leeified samuel <laughs> hung and it this is like a legendary piece of hong kong cinema this is yeah we've seen a lot such of such a great uh, sequence of fights over the podcast that you could probably see on like best kung fu movie fights <laughs> and this is yeah, one that totally. you'll also like see in those kind of yeah, uh, super sure. cut reels and yeah one of my favorite moves she does is she does this like kind of guard like knee to a high kick to samo so it's like it's like one move but like it's a, like a defense from one kick into a high roundhouse to the other kick and it just looks amazing there is some uh a moment like there's like this slow-mo kick that she does it's actually you doubling for yeah. cynthia here and i think there's the, also that powerful kick from samo mm-hmm. that knocks her character like across the room and i'm pretty sure there's a double that's taking that kick i hope you say, I, yeah I it's so. crazy it's a, um, it's a really strong kick it does I mean, it might have been like a wire assisted tug, but uh, oh, oh my gosh. It's yeah. crazy. It's really I mean, cool. We know yeah. how powerful Samo is. He yeah. puts, yeah, he puts her off balance by doing like this shoulder check, and then he does this front step kick, and it just mm-hmm. launches her across the yeah, room. That's rough. So you're saying yeah. that that slow that super slow mo kick with Cynthia is you and Bu doubling as her? Yeah, I would. Yeah, and actually, it's one of the more convincing doubles. Like because they have this kind of curly haired, yeah, wig it's and the hard rest not of the outfit is just right. But yeah. also, she um, has like this really yeah. crazy blue eyeliner going on too, and I'm just scrubbing through it, and I was just thinking like you can't really tell it in the version that i have i would love to see like a super high def transfer of this i mean one mm, one because i'd love eyeliner. to but I, just to see you <laughs> with the blue eyeliner <laughs> yeah that'd be great uh, and it, this whole finale is so masterfully edited mm-hmm. it's like it it is just it's just so tight but uh, there's there's just this great like martial arts rhythm to the cuts yeah you know it's like we're always cutting on like a really strong motion and somehow you're not at all disoriented as you're moving from like very different locations with very different people um yeah this this is just kind of a master class 
Yeah. So the one of the final encounters you see is Huang Zhang Li uh, fighting against these goons, and one of them being Cheng Fat. And uh, you get a s- small interaction between the two of them, but there's a lot of energy behind it. And you get a really cool uh, wire uh, kick from Huang Zhang Li where he's doing like a flip forward to uh, oh, hit like a table. That's an amazing shot. Cause, yeah, and it's, it's really it doesn't cool. look undercranked either. Like it looks like full speed and it's just amazingly well done. Mm-hmm. So he ends up grabbing that relic that everybody's fighting over and Samo shows up and he's like, hey, we're on the same team. So uh, yeah. then they cut to Richard Norton and Yasuaki Karata and he's getting his ass kicked. But then Yukari Oshima shows up and you know how I said Richard Norton was counter kicking Yasuaki Karata? She counters Richard Norton, but she's using a sword. And yeah. it's one of the most this is brutal counterattacks oh, you can think gosh. of. Yeah, yeah he <laughs> gets an amazing slice right on his groin. And he yep. has this, and Richard Norton has this silly like face, whatever it happens yeah. to. Yeah. Oh. And then and then she says painful. No, she doesn't. <laughs> that would have been she really, should've. she totally should have. That would have been the yeah, that would have been great. Also, you know, when Samuel comes in and tells Huang Zhengli's character, we're on the same side, it's hard not to be a little bit disappointed because you could just envision this Samuel versus Huang Zhengli mm-hmm. fight. That would be amazing. But we've described the production as though Samuel had this kind of blank check to do whatever he whatever needed to be done. But from what I understand, there was a sense in the production as they got to this final fight that they really needed to kind of stay on stay on schedule. And I think Samuel had conceived um, kind of a longer sequence, uh, especially towards towards the end. Mm, like, but, oh, like, so like, oh man, can you imagine? Yeah, the Japanese, the three Japanese. Because the entire Japanese clan, like they're kind of taken out pretty, pretty swiftly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it would be like um, you and, and I guess originally there was going to be some kind of fight out in the the city square or yeah. the town square here. Um Oh man, yeah, take care of pretty quickly though. Dang, that's so messed up. I would mm-hmm. love to see that. But Yun Byu and Samo versus the Japanese crew. Holy crap. That was the idea. Yeah, the two on two on three. Oh um, man. But speaking of things I would love but, to see, this you were saying before about how the Kenny B character might have been played by Jackie Chan. You 100% can see that in this next shot because mm. it's the three of them all standing in a row looking yeah, at the exactly. Japanese people walking away after they get the relic from them. And wow. it's like it would have been perfect for, for to be Jackie there. Well, you know, and maybe it's all for the best. And again, this is still kind of in the realm of speculation, oh, yeah. Samo Samo denies this, but you know they really, if they did run out of the kind of hit the end of their schedule on this fight, they're pro- how how painful would it have been to not have Jackie mm-hmm. part of this kind of final sequence, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think what what we have is is oh, really yeah. yeah for the for the best, and um, it's hard yeah it's hard not to kind of beg beg for more just because what's on display here is just so incredible, but we are in that kind of, we're in that different era of Hong Kong where we'll come to expect uh, much less frequency, kind of the long, you know, extended final fight of the late seventies and early eighties. And, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Just this, I could, (laughs) I could rewind Mm -hmm. this, uh, this whole final Mm -hmm. fight like four or five times in a row, man. So Matthew, what did you think of this film? 
I really loved it. One one final thing though is whenever Kenny B gets the the relic finally, he's like giddy over it. <laughs> he's oh yeah, so that's happy. right. He's like a cartoon. He's just like, yeah. yeah, I got it. Ting Fan Tin. I came to arrest you, but you've saved a treasure. Thank you. I must go. <laughs> oh, sorry. That's just I just had to stop. That's that great. That's that's so funny. But yeah, I really yeah. enjoyed this movie a ton. Cool, cool. Yeah, this was a movie that I tracked down maybe like early 2000s, late late 90s. This is when I was like having my Cynthia Rothrock re- revelation where I'm like, sure, sure. she's in amazing stuff out of Hong Kong. I got to find out all this stuff. And mm-hmm. yeah, this was a movie that I tracked down because of that. And I got to see all of these amazing fights. And yeah, this has been a movie that I always like to bring up with people like similar to like Wheels on Meals and like Fist of Legend. Oh, sure. Stuff that we have covered. And uh, yeah, it's it's really, really, really a good time. And this final credit, uh, the final credits are really cool. Yeah, behind the scenes. Earlier. Yeah, you get a little bit of behind the scenes and then almost kind of a music video highlights of the film kind of montage. And I thought I heard that Sam was actually singing. I heard that too. I I didn't confirm it, but I've heard it. See, when I first Um, heard it, it almost maybe it's just, I I guess I haven't heard too much Hong Kong music from the 70s and 80s outside of this, but it it sounded kind of like Jackie a little bit, like some of the stuff Mm. I've heard from him. But that might just be, you know, just the way that all people sound singing in that Mm -hmm. time. There was a pop ballad component of the Peking Opera for these guys, so they all have a very similar style. I was, was, like, I was about to say, wait, <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I was too deep into it, or I realized, like, oh, that, maybe that kind of is possible. <laughs> you gotta know a little bit of everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, this is such, it's such a treat watching this movie. Because um, you can honestly say there's nothing else like mm-hmm. it. Um, it's, yeah. it's not as though it spawned other imitators in Hong Kong because it just would have been logistically impossible to rip this yeah. off. Yeah. Um, and going forward, Samo's lar- like large ensemble pieces, um, for the most part, would be kind of more set in present day. Yeah. Um, Dragons Forever is like '88, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And again, that's more about like kind of uniting, you know, these three. Uh, you know, brothers mm-hmm. in arms, huge action stars, like trying to recapture a little bit of the magic of Wheels on Meals. Yeah. Um, I can't I can't wait to watch Dragons Forever. Oh, at some yeah. point. You get to see Benny the Jet again. Ooh. Oh man. <laughs> With that eyeliner. The eyeliner. <laughs> Guy liner. Guy. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, this was a really fun movie. I definitely uh, had a lot of fun watching it. Uh, I would, this is the kind of, all these movies I would really like to see in like a, a proper like theater kind of setting, or at least on a bigger screen, like a better, you know, yeah. better resolution. But this one especially, like there are so many amazing shots in this that I think would be like, it would be genuinely amazing to see them like on original 32 millimeter or something, 35 mm-hmm. millimeter. And rather. yeah, so this film, uh, I th- I think it should be fairly easy to track down the Dragon Dynasty DVD here in the States. Yeah. And I would highly recommend that because there was a lot of love yeah, put really into that release. Yeah, really great features. Like the interviews you're talking mm-hmm. about, the commentaries, uh, really informative. And uh, and yeah, it's a great looking transfer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's called Shanghai Express. But I know I think I think the Hong Kong Legends is the other title, Millionaire's Express. 
Yeah, I think that's true. And that has a that has a good commentary too. It's two and a few nice features. Um but yeah, it's always tough with the Hong Kong Legends DVDs uh, if you're in the states yeah. um you know making sure that you have either a region free player or a way of uh of viewing the PAL DVDs and then you do have this kind of the speed um issue where the PAL DVDs are going to play faster <laughs> over here. Yep. Um but that's a fun one. Uh, yeah, worth, it's, that's I, I've <laughs> learned. I've learned what the Golden Harvest logo sounds like in many different speeds. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, that's that's, that's always the way to tell is at the very beginning. Like, wait a minute, <laughs> that timpani is yeah. a little sharp. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you enjoy the show, then please leave a review for us on whatever app you're listening to this on. Uh, be sure to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We are at Heroes the Number Three Podcast on all three of them. Thank you so much to the Kung Fu Cinema subreddit if you're checking us out from there. Thank you, of course, to Carlos and Warren for uh, working on right for working on <laughs> yeah. the art for for each episode. I feel like I need to call oh, that out yeah, because it's here, not here. it's not just Carlos now, so I feel like I have to call out. Yeah, I couldn't. They wouldn't look as good if not for Warren. Yeah, yeah he's been a huge part of, and I've been having a ton of fun doing these pieces, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm kind of trying to think about. I don't know, trying to get them out there if people want them. I'm not mm. sure yet. It feels kind of weird for me. I mean, I've been putting yeah. my art out there a lot. Mm. And I mean, no, I guess. No, but dude, they're so worthy of like an installation or like, <laughs> I mean, I would love like a like a book, <laughs> honestly. But. I've been thinking of stuff. So I, I don't know. Maybe I should come up with some way. Well, if you're interested, let us people. know. You can send us an yeah. email at heroes3podcast gmail.com. <laughs> Thanks yeah. for the kind words, yeah. though. And next week, I believe we are finishing up our look at Sammo Hung. So what is our train yeah, for next week, Marty? sadly. Um, and then this was strongly uh, <laughs> recommended. <laughs> yeah, this is strongly recommended by Carlos. Uh, this is uh, Pedicab Driver, the last movie of the 80s that Sammo directed. And just uh, this is a just an action tour de force. It's a, it's a must-see mm. Sammo film. Um You'll get to see yeah. uh, a lot of the faces. Yeah. Oh my god. I think Corey Yoon's in it as well. Yeah. I I mentioned it. I forget on what episode I mentioned it, but I think one of my because yeah, I know you were watching it recently when during our Lao Garlong. Yeah, it had to be right? during there. Yeah, because there's a fight between Lao Garlong and Samuel in this film that's Ooh. super good. Yeah, it's yeah. and that's it's really good. That's definitely a fight that features on a lot of best ever mm-hmm. lists. Um, yep. So this is this is I think a really fitting way to kind of close our close our arc. yeah. So it'll it'll close our arc and close the year. So we're gonna be going to Magfest in January. Yeah. So hopefully we'll have some news to say about that. So I don't know if you guys care about Magfest, but uh, if you're going, let us know. Yeah. And we'll say hi. Definitely. Well, until next week, where we're taking a look at Pedicab Driver. I'm Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. And we are the Heroes 3. Remember your training. Heroes 3 is part of the Mercado Brothers Podcast Network.